I'm here with uh, Matt Sweetman, and we're going to talk about planning your sermon calendar and just some things about preaching, uh, but primarily just talking about uh, the benefits of planning ahead and doing series and those kinds of things. So, Matt, just to ask you here, just right off the bat, how do, how far ahead do you plan? I think that's really the question mm. that I get asked a lot: is you know, how far is too far, and how far do I need to be thinking ahead? So, how far ahead do you plan? Right now, we we try and plan about twelve months, um, and that includes so coming up with you know a series. And there's flexibility in that, but it's about twelve months, and then also each, you know what weeks of what series we're doing and how long is this series and then also um, actually the thing that's probably helped me the most is planning what texts we're preaching on. Now you can change it so you get closer to the time something comes up you, you adjust it but you've got a basic framework so you know quite in advance what's coming up. So, What are the benefits of just kind of planning ahead that way? I mean if you're you know, what's the benefits of planning 12 months ahead versus one month ahead? It means that when you're, especially at the, you know, certain times of the year where you're wanting, where you, you know you're going to be growing more, especially, you plan for a series that is going to um, be of interest to people uh, so that you maximize that growth period. And the, the nice thing about it is that, you know, week on week, you're not having to, put a lot of creative energy into it because you already put the creative energy into it. So you've already developed, this is the name of the series, uh, this, is, these are the, this is the text we're preaching on. So, and you're, that, what that means is it means that months ahead, you're already kind of gathering information, just passively, just everywhere you go, whatever you read, you're thinking, I could use this for this upcoming series. And so I'll try and mark stuff. And it just means that I'm marinating idea, the big ideas of the series are marinating in my mind a long time before I actually preach it or you know our team helps with these you know these mm -hmm. sermons too but one big benefit is you know then promoting those big series that we want to promote it means that we can get website video you know promotional materials ready in advance because we know what we're doing and so you know even we've had stuff ready you know a couple of months even before something's kicked off just because we've got it all planned out and that is a no I'm t I'll tell you the, the amount of relief you have from that like you're not scrambling last minute just to get it done it's like Wow, we're on track for this. This is going well. So it, it makes it run very, very smoothly. So one would just be, uh, you know, you you can plan better and you can make mm -hmm. more out of the event. But one thing I heard you kind of slip in there, which I've also found helpful, is that I I do think it reduces the amount of prep time because, mm -hmm. you know, you you read a verse, you know, whether it's devotional or you hear a comment or you see a quote, and you're like, oh, that's a quote I want for this. And yep. Um, that that's really helpful. Uh, something else you slipped in there too that I think it's worth kind of explaining a little bit. You said knowing kind of your high seasons and your growth moments. Uh, um, I'm not sure everyone would know that. So just explain yeah. to you what are what are some of those growth moments? What are some of those high times that you want to make sure that you really plan well? That's a good question. I think you know you got to look at your context. Obviously, we're talking North America here, but um, I'd say at the beginning of the year. You've got that, you know, it's the New Year's resolution season, so people are wanting to get into church. And, uh, or, you know, there's that thinking in people's minds, like, it's a new season, new year, and I need to get back. So that's a high, that can be a season of growth. Um, Easter's obviously, you know, the highest attended day of the year, although that, that can be problematic. Um, it's not necessarily a crowd that's always easy to really add. Because it's the it's the uh, you're playing the, the traditional religious card, but that also is a high point. So you want to try and focus on that. And then the probably the third is this time right now is the fall. You know, it's like 
kids, you know, students are back in school, people are getting back on track, the summer's over, there's more consistency. Uh, so those are really, I think those are the three big points throughout the year. And then we try and do stuff in the summer to try and boost attendance as well uh, and, and attract new people. But mm. I think those are the three clear points where you can see mm. an uptick in growth. So what you're saying is that you want to make sure that you have your best ideas during those times. Yes. When you just in, in, in planning ahead, do you think more? Do you think about the packaging of what you want to say first, and then slap in content, or do you think about okay, what do I want to, What do I want people to know? Do content and then package it. How do you? What's that process like for you? It's a good question. Um, I think I try and hold two things together. Um, something that I know people will be interested in, because I think that is important. But but I don't want to just. It's not just that, because people have to grow. So, you know, we're trying to make disciples. So it's like, okay, how can we do something that will be of interest, that is relevant to people, but something that also they may not need? Can you give an example of that? Yeah, you know, okay, so I guess, I guess the packaging ends up probably looking more interest-focused. Mm -hmm. The packaging and stuff looks more attractional, but then what we actually preach on is a mixture of things. So um, i give you an example right now. We're doing a series, which is, again, it's a risky series. We're doing a series on the life of Samson. And, you know, this guy makes all kind of relational mistakes, breaks all kind of vows that he had made as a Nazarite. He's really disobeying God, but yet God's still using him in a leadership position. It's quite fascinating. We called that series Angry Sexy People, okay? So it's a fun, it's kind of comical almost. Like, and that's been very attractional. People are looking at that saying, what is that? We've got, you know, people who are looking for a church, people who are non-Christians saying, I want to come hear things about this. and so. But then some of the things we're hitting, like this week, we're hitting leadership really big. So it's not necessarily about, necessarily about sex this week, but we're getting to the part of the text where Samson has this big victory publicly and then he's put into office. Mm. So we're addressing issues of leadership. And even though the, the series is Angry Sexy People, you know. Mm. So it's, it's trying to find, we're trying to be faithful to the text, trying to find that balance, packaging it that way, but knowing there's going to be other stuff in it that is going to be different week to week. That's so helpful. Let me ask, do you, just in thinking about how you do series or what series to do, whether content or packaging, yeah. do you draw from other, other pastors, other churches, other resources, or do you, you think it's important just to do your own creativity? Or? Well, I think the part of the biggest idea we've borrowed um, was the, and I don't know if we're going to continue to do it, but during the summer we do a movie thing, mm -hmm. uh, Blockbuster Faith, and we yeah. totally, I mean, that's just something we copy. With. I've seen several churches do that. But it's just like looking at top movies and then preaching on those subjects that those movies relate to. But a lot what of stuff. You, what would you say to someone who might be apprehensive about just doing borrowing something like that? Because um, some people feel like that's cheating. So. Well, we borrowed the concept, but we right. didn't borrow the content. Sure. So I say we we we've never borrowed content. We always develop our own. And um, you know, like we did a series around Easter this year, it's a five-week series. We combined it with Earth Day, and we did like this thing called Renewable Me, and it was a on sustainable living and what's the Christian perspective of that. It's probably the hardest series we've ever done because I never heard any preaching on this before, especially five weeks of it. I mean, it was like mm. kind of like pulling teeth a little bit because it was like, and we thought maybe this will be of interest. This is a relevant topic. And I think it didn't really have a made, like it didn't really grow the church or anything, but I think our people appreciated like, mm. okay, good biblical teaching on a relevant subject. Mm. Um, so it, sh it showed that we were relevant and being faithful. So it's not just all about attracting people it is about talking to your people about relevant issues yes but and I think that trains people to say if I bring my friend they're gonna hear something that would make sense to them mm -hmm. something to say okay the church is addressing something that matters in my life right. 
So I think that's a value to always be doing that. Let me just ask you one last question just about your preaching and yeah. just in your development as a preacher. You've been planting for a couple of years or so. Yeah. Uh, what is the one thing that's helped your preaching the most? Uh, it's, it's a newer habit and it's been very difficult to form this, but I think I feel like I'm in the stride of it now. It is, I will turn off all communications on a Monday. You cannot get a hold of me on a Monday. And I, my goal is to have my notes done by the end of the day Monday. And I will do that. I'll have my notes ready. Uh, by the end of the day, and then Tuesday, I'll actually do a live practice. When I say live practice, it's me, and I'll record it on audio, and then I'll email it out to a few guys to get right. feedback on. So then I usually get feedback by the very latest by Saturday, and then Saturday night I sit down, get that feedback, fine-tune my message, take all that critique, uh, try and take it to heart as best I can, yeah. and uh, adjust my message, and that, I t that has been the most impacting thing, being... Wow prepared a week so like by Tuesday I'm like man I'm feeling good about my message like right. you know and if I'm not feeling good about my content I know I've got guys who are going to give me good feedback and make mm. it better Great. and that's happened several times I, I say to guys I'm struggling this week it doesn't feel cohesive I'm, I, I just need your help with it and I get solid feedback um, the, the hard thing is finding guys who can do that right. actually right. so but as I've done that it's it's been a big it's made a big difference um, at the very least you're getting experience preaching at once which you can give yourself your own self feedback so that's very helpful yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to help sure. help us out with uh, planning a sermon calendar and how to do preaching better